Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. The elite athlete knows that his or her time in the spotlight and on a national stage will be no more than a small fraction of a lifetime. What has he done to prepare for the rest of his life? Is she ready to meet the challenges that lie ahead once her playing days are over? Two UCLA graduates from different generations and with an insider's knowledge introduce you to some of the greatest athletes of this or any generation as they talk about life after the glory. Lucy Singh is the founder of Resiliency, offering life and resilience coaching to athletes as they leave behind the field of play. Gary Stern is a Southern California consumer attorney and mediator and a veteran of multiple baseball fantasy camps where he was coached by some of the game's elite players who know what real life is all about once their playing days were over. And now, here's Lucy and Gary. Lucy Sang and Gary Stern here on After the Glory with our special guest, Najee Toran. Najee is a personal friend of mine, and he's been a big part of my UCLA experience working with student athletes and helping them find and pursue passions outside of sports. Najee, why don't we start by you telling us a little more about your upbringing? What was it like growing up in Houston? No, it, it, it was fun. We played sports year-round. All day long, every sport you could think of, we played. My parents were very big on education. I didn't get to play sports until I got older. So as a child, was, for me, it was mostly education and gaining knowledge by my parents talking to me and discussing with me about real life. Even though I was a child, they didn't babyfy me. They allowed me to explore and, and learn about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do allowed me to be my own person, but still monitor, you know, and still being the, the, the parent that would help you out and guide you. I had more guidance than I had more of a dictatorship in, in, in parents. So that kind of led me down the path of finding and being my own person. So that, that's kind of my childhood. Figuring out what you want to do, we're going to guide you. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to make your own decision. Just whatever decision that you make, be able to deal with whatever comes your way. Najee, I imagine that at some point in perhaps somewhere between sixth and eighth grade or even a little after, you may have looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, well, there's a sport I like and it's football. And you know what? This body looks like it's going to be pretty darn good for football. When was that point that you began to focus on football uh, in a competitive sense? So my whole life, I loved football. I, I always wanted to play, but my dad didn't want me to play. He wanted me to play baseball or golf. I didn't start playing organized sports until I got into the sixth grade. And my first sport was basketball. I loved it. I love running up and down the court, blocking shots and doing everything. But That's right. My sport of choice, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, the one thing that I always wanted to do, even when I was a child, was play football. All my friends would play. We would come home from school, and I would see them getting their pads together and putting their pads in their pants, and I just never got the opportunity to do it. But I begged and begged my dad. I, I still played basketball. I played basketball up until I was a freshman in high school. Uh, made the varsity squad as a freshman. Yeah, I, I'm a hooper. But... Uh, 
football was just it was something about the contact, something about the the getting out and fighting and being gritty on the field and just the excitement of hitting somebody, the excitement of scoring a touchdown, the excitement of doing it with your, your teammates and they score and you running downfield and it's just the, the whole thing about football is just get you going, I guess, you know, get get me going. At what point did you uh, realize that your future in football was going to be on the offensive line as a guard or a center? Because I imagine that there's a point for every football player where they think to themselves, God, I'd love to be a quarterback. I'd love to be a running back. And that the offensive line is usually not the first choice, but it becomes out of necessity a choice. When did that happen for you? That happened when I... I got to the 10th grade before I was a tight end and a defensive end. So I wanted to catch the touchdowns just like everybody else. But I guess they seen the height and size. They seen my dad, he's 6'8". Uh, so they obviously thought that I was going to be super tall, which unfortunately I'm only 6'1", 6'2". So 6'2 on a good day. Yeah, it was my, my 10th grade year. The coaches came and talked to me and told me that, hey, you'll have a future on the O-line if you go and do it. And of course I was against it. I wanted to go out and catch balls, but I think I came across on a drag in practice one time, and a linebacker kind of, you know, hit me, bumped me, and I, my neck was hurting so bad for the next week. I was, so at that point, I just took to the whole line and it just took off. I didn't play guard or center until I got to college. I was a tackle in high school, and did not want to go to the interior, but because me, I'm the type of person I believe I can do anything. If you, if I, if I can learn and figure it out, I can do whatever. Absolutely. Najee, I wanted to circle back on a comment you made at the very beginning of talking about your childhood. You said education came first. Can you describe what that was like being a student athlete or even, you know, at the high school level, but of course at the number one public university like UCLA, what, yeah. what was that like? I'm just throwing it out there. We got a couple of Bruins on this podcast right now. Yeah. So, so my, my dad, when I was a kid and my mom, they both were, my dad made the rule, he agreed, cause he didn't want to play football. So his thing was, if you're gonna play, or if you're gonna do anything sports wise, you can't have anything less than a B. So throughout school, I never had a C. I may have had on a progress report, that doesn't count. Report card counts, <laughs> report card counts. And I, I've never had a C once in, in high school. Once I got to college, uh, my big thing was I wanted to get my degree and I wanted to stick to uh, the idea of education. Of course, I, I would get lackadaisical, you know, but I, I would always make sure that I took care of my grades. My grades was a big thing for me because I, um, my, I, I was the first one in my family to go to school. So for me, it's always been my dream to get my degree to that I can make my family proud as well as me being proud because even though that's something that they instilled in me, that's something that I've always had a passion for was education, the mind. I got a degree in sociology. The study of the mind and the understanding of the mind and the way that people think and how they operate in life, that's something that attracts me. So education is going to allow you to be able to grasp that concept. So for me, the, the, the education part was there from the beginning. My aunt, too, I, my aunt just recently passed, but she was one of the people that from when I was a child taught me the basics. For me, education has just been big for me my whole life because of her, 
and because of my family. Again, we're with Najee Toran, and when we come back, you're going to learn about the UCLA days of this student athlete with as much emphasis on student as athlete. Stay tuned for when we come back with Najee Toran. Since 1980, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern has been known as a lawyer's lawyer, passionate about his clients and equally passionate about bringing honor, dignity, and respect to the legal profession. Gary Stern represents folks seriously injured because of healthcare negligence, defective and dangerous products and property, neglect in long-term care facilities, and careless operation of cars and trucks. He has successfully resolved hundreds of cases for his clients, providing them with the financial help they needed during trying times. Gary Stern is a member of the prestigious National Trial Lawyers Top 100, active with consumer attorneys of Los Angeles and California, and is admitted to the bar of the Supreme Court of the United States. And most important, I am proud to call him dad. You can reach Gary Stern at 818-710-2717 or visit his website at www.sternlaw.org. Thinking about a newer used car? Think Infinity of Thousand Oaks. We've been serving Thousand Oaks in Southern California for years. We have new, used, and certified pre-owned Infinity vehicles available now with many special offers. There's something for everyone. Infinity of Thousand Oaks is your home for the best deals on Infinity cars. With the COVID pandemic, we offer contactless sales. Call our sales office at 805-262-7442 or visit infinityofthousandoaks.com. Pick out a vehicle and we'll deliver it to your home or office with all the paperwork done with the power of the internet. Our award-winning sales and service team is waiting to give you the best service in buying a vehicle you've ever had. Call us today at 805-262-7442 and make an appointment for your new 2020 Infinity or visit our website at infinityofthousandoaks.com. And we're back on After the Glory with Najee Toran. Najee, can you tell us a little more about the recruiting process, being such an elite athlete but also an elite student, what that was like coming out of Texas and then coming to California? Uh, the, the recruiting process was fun. Uh, colleges calling you, sending you mail. I have boxes full of mail in my in the stores just from colleges. The conversations that you get to have with the coaches, um, just, just to know that people value what you do on the field and off the field, um, it, it, it brings a, a, a happy feeling knowing that you worked hard for something and people notice it. The coaches were not just so hung up on the fact that I'm able to play football. We know that football players and, you know, college players, NFL, that's what we do. But one thing that the coaches always emphasized was the fact that my grades were up to where their standards. They never had to go and say, okay, well, you need to go and do this to try to get your grades better or, man, well, we like you. But I didn't have to have those type of, conversations and that, that made my path kind of a bit easier. I graduated high school early. I wanted to get out of high school and get to college and start my college career, my degree path, everything. My first day on campus, actually being a student, I went into the counselor's office and told her put me on a three-year plan to graduate. So 
that, <laughs> that that was something that I just I just wanted to do. Uh, the coaches were excited about that. So it's not just about the football aspect and the coaches just wanting you to come out and be a baller on the field. They value the education side of it, which is every school. But, of course, I picked the best school, UCLA. I love it. Let's dive deeper into that. Why UCLA? What what made you leave a football state like Texas to come all the way to Cali, to the west side? Originally, I was going to Oregon State. I had committed to Oregon State. But then I decommitted when uh, UCLA called. Oh, I, and I didn't want to take the visit to UCLA either. I was dead set on Oregon State. But when I talked to Coach Clem, which was my recruiter at the time from UCLA, he – told me about the higher learning part. And that's where they really sold me. To me, I love football and there's no way that I could go to any other school and football would be different. Football is football. You're going to put a pass on it. You're going to go ahead. You're going to go have fun. You're going to enjoy each other. But the education side of it, the knowing that I went to a, such a prestige school and I would turn around and be able to use my degree the name UCLA has a standard everywhere across the nation. The fact that it was, a, it, it was, I think at the time it may have been the number two public school, but we became the number one public school in the nation. And that that's what sold me. The fact that the, the higher learning, the, the fact that I would be coming somewhere where the education is very valuable and it wouldn't be easy. UCLA is not an easy school, but as an athlete, you have to balance both. And you have to be willing to put the time in to achieve that. So for me, that, that that's what it was about. Just the fact that it was such a prestige school when it came to education. Now, during your time at UCLA, you were on the O-line, the offensive line. And it wasn't um, uh, immediate stardom, immediate um, starting position. You had to work all four years to get to a place where you eventually became all Pac-12. Um, tell us about the the typical day for the uh, the football player at UCLA um, in terms of meetings and workouts and, and classes. How does it how does it work? Wake up first thing probably 5, 36 o'clock, depending on how, how, how you want to get ready for practice. You get, you get to the facility, you stretch, you get in cold tubs, anything like that, and you just get your mind right to go out to practice. You have a walkthrough before practice, 30 minutes before practice. You go straight into warm-ups, you practice, and when you get done, you have a lift. Um, if you have a lift, depending on your schedule with class, uh, you eat your breakfast, then you go to class. You're in class the rest of the day until around 2, 3 o'clock. Then you go and do your weightlifting if you didn't lift that morning. After you get done with your weightlifting, you go into meetings. Meetings are until uh, like 5, 6 o'clock, 6.30. After that, you go straight to tutoring. After tutoring, you go back to the room. You get you a little bit of studying in. You watch a little bit more film. And then you do it all over again the next day. Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays, that's travel days, going to the, you know, if you away game, you get on the plane on Fridays. Uh, get you some studying in if you need to, and you're just getting ready for Saturday. Saturday is game day. 
Wow, that's like clockwork, right? I, yeah. <laughs> what I didn't really hear you mention, and I'm sure it's sprinkled in there somehow, but tell us a little bit about college athletics and discussion or conversations about life outside of sports. So that's how I met you. The UCLA provided a program that was specifically tailored for life after football. It, everything was voluntary, and if you went, you would get something out of it. You would get to meet different people, um, and the people were very helpful. I've met plenty of people at UCLA that had no problems with sitting sitting down and talking about whatever it is that they do, whether it be uh, medical sales, real estate, uh, commercial and residential. Um, it, it just, uh, we had doctors and lawyers and so, so many people come in and talk to us about what they do that that program specifically was just a way that you could set yourself up for life after football. And we we all want to be the superstar. We see the Odells, we see the, you know, Aaron Donalds and, and, and everybody else. And we say, hey, I want to be that guy, but sometimes it's not that. And you always have to be prepared for the what ifs. So I was one of the people that was, I always had my mindset on the what ifs. Uh, I know that it's not for certain. After this break, we're going to have Najee share with us why it is that he thinks about life outside of sports, even though his career in athletics is still blooming. Have you ever wanted to experience the thrill of playing spring training baseball with some of the game's legends? At LAD ABC, we believe you should be able to live your dream of being a pro baseball player, and now you can. The LADABC Adult Baseball Camp is an independently owned and operated fantasy camp for men and women over the age of 30. As an independent camp, you can be a fan of any team from any city and you'll feel right at home with us. Our next camp is scheduled for November 7th through the 13th, 2021, and will be held at the historic Dodgertown Complex in Vero Beach, Florida, now known as the Jackie Robinson Training Complex. You'll play ball all week long on the best practice fields in the nation. You'll enjoy use of state-of-the-art facilities and you'll be pampered and cared for just like a major leaguer. We invite you to visit our website and sign up for our November 2021 camp. Just go to www.ladabc.com. That's ladabc.com. Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. We're back with Najee Toran, UCLA offensive line star. And Najee, as you got to the end of your time at UCLA and you were named all Pac-12 honorable mention, uh, clearly thoughts of the NFL uh, came into your head. Um, how did you approach your preparation for post-college life uh, at the point when you were graduating from UCLA? Um, well, I prepared my whole time there. I made sure that I put myself in a position to have some type of knowledge of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Um, the NFL became a, a true, like, okay, I, I know it's coming. When my senior year, uh, people started calling a little bit of my junior year, but my senior year specifically was a year where I knew that I actually – truly had a shot to go to the NFL where people were actually interested. I just went about it in a way of the opportunity is in front of you. Do everything you can to seize the opportunity. Take advantage of what most people don't have, what most people don't get. 
we are, well, we all know and everyone knows that it's only a small amount that makes it in the NFL. So with that small amount, you have to know that it could not work. In your situation, Najee, it, it, it's been a struggle. Uh, you're, you're not playing this year. Um, you have spent some time with the 49ers and the New England Patriots uh, during the exhibition seasons, um, but the, uh, the regular work hasn't happened. And tell the folks what that means. In other words, you sign a contract, but it, these are not guaranteed contracts. What does that mean to the young player uh, who's trying to make the NFL? prepare yourself every step from the day that you step on campus. Know, kind of have a creative plan for yourself and know that the NFL, the not everyone gets that guarantee. It's only a select few that get that. And even once you get it, you still have to work toward, you still have to work harder than what you worked to get the guarantee in the first place. So always take advantage of your opportunities, whether it's football or education. Your, your degree, you having the degree will take you further. Football is only going to last for so long. Your body can only get beat up for so long. Tom Brady is a rarity. 20 years, 20 plus years, that's a rarity. <laughs> so yeah. at any point you have to be ready to say, if you go out there and tell your ACL, you go out there and do this and do that and you get hurt and you can never play again, what do you have? Tell us about your journey. You graduated, I think, UCLA in 2017 and uh, uh, and you went on to, uh, unfortunately, were not drafted. You became a free agent. What's the journey been like since 2018? It's been fun. It's been a learning process. You learn about yourself. Um, you're on your own. You become a business. Um, the NFL is a business. The fact that you get to put the jersey on and the helmet and you just, you, you, you're on the level you made it to the, the level where not everyone makes it, that's an accomplishment in itself. You never get complacent, but at that point, you can kind of take a breath and say, man, I really made it. And then you say, okay, now, now let's get back to work. So for me, that, that that's when my journey has been just, uh, I'm grateful for my opportunities. I'm grateful for the the ability to be able to be on the field, the ability to be able to be in the, the, the media rooms and the facilities and around the players and just, I don't sit back and be ungrateful. I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Let me ask you this specific question. I've had the pleasure of interacting and crossing paths, mentoring lots and lots of student athletes who have been in your situation, you know, thinking about pursuing a professional athletic career, but pretty sure they're not gonna last long there. Um, you and maybe one, two, three other people have actually consistently reached out to me as a resource. Out of hundreds and hundreds of student athletes, I can count maybe on one hand people like you. Why is that? What was it part of your upbringing? How come you're in your mid-20s and thinking like a 40, 50-year-old? Yeah, my upbringing. My parents, they were very, they wasn't strict. They didn't. They weren't the parents that you're going to do this, you're going to do that. It was guidance. Like the big thing for me is the guidance, the ability to give me the freedom to make my decisions, but also the knowledge is what I seek. I think it's a person as well. The, it just depends on what they want. If 
it's nothing wrong with not having a plan B because your plan A can work. And it, it's, that's, that's a perfect scenario. But life isn't perfect. Things don't always go as we plan. Uh, some people thought they were going to go to the NFL and be this big star. And some people didn't even get the chance. I've always known, because that was always preached to me, that, hey, you're good, but it may not happen, even though you're good. I've seen guys that played and did so much on the field and they were cut or, you know, this happened or that happened. And I don't want to be one of the guys that's just sitting back like, whoa, it's me. I never want to make an excuse for myself. Whatever happens, it happens, and I want to be able to adjust at, at, at everything that comes at me. So my dad likes to use the phrase that I'm like a chameleon. I just, I just adjust. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? You're six one six two on a good day, and you're a chameleon. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, after this break, we'll talk about Najee and life outside of sports. We've had several conversations about his interest in building a community a program for those who he care about and also his pursuit in other careers like real estate. After this break, we'll be back with Najee Toran. Hello, this is Dean, third generation owner of Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. We are located near UCLA in the heart of Westwood Village, where we have been since 1946. For 74 years, my family has stood for the highest standards of knowledge and integrity and are proud members of the prestigious American Gem Society. But it is our personal touch that truly makes us a cut above. Client relationships last for decades and generations. With six UCLA alumni, the family has supported UCLA for decades, including the famous Sarah Leonard Jewelers Watch Giveaway. For diamonds and colored gems, designer collections and estate jewelry, watches, custom design, and gorgeous gifts starting under $100, it's all here at Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. Mention the code GLORY and get 20% off your first purchase, plus a 10% UCLA discount on all future purchases. Call 310-208-3131 today for your appointment or visit us at sarahleonardjewelers.com. Free parking available. Again, call 310-208-3131, use the code GLORY and experience the Sarah Leonard difference for yourself. Life Coaching for Athletes is here to help. Coach Lucy is a certified life coach focused on working with athlete-minded people in finding and pursuing success in life outside of sports. She serves as an accountability partner and offers different perspectives when her clients are facing big challenges and decisions. Follow Resiliency on Instagram at Resiliency, that's R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching for more information. As a co-host of After the Glory, Coach Lucy is excited to share her expertise in working with athletes and looks forward to connecting with all you listeners to learn more of your stories as well. Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. We're back with Najee Tehran. Najee, I, I am so impressed with the um, with this the healthy attitude you have toward the challenge of making it onto the starting team of an NFL team. Uh, one of the things that I we didn't touch on are the matter of injuries. It sounds like you've been very fortunate to avoid injury, and your whole attitude about football seems so healthy. That has to come from somewhere, and I have a feeling it comes from early in your life. Can you touch on that with us? The injury aspect, I knock on wood, um, never had a surgery. Um, I, I never haven't broken a bone on the field or anything like that. Everything that I've had has been minor. Um, the most surgery that I've ever had was when I was first born. I um, 
my testes was hanging out of my stomach. Uh, before I, I was birthed, the doctor told my parents to abort me. Um, you know, he wouldn't live past the age of two. And if I did, I would have Down syndrome and just high medical bills. And there was just no chance. They just not did not want my mother to give birth to me. But uh, because of the faith that my parents have, uh, we're religious. So uh, praying to God and talking to God and I told them and they decided that they're going to keep me. They're, they're going to deal with whatever happens. And like I said in the beginning, when I was born, my intestines were hanging out of my stomach. So for me, my positive mindset and my outlook on football and just being optimistic about it is because of that, because I'm not supposed to be here. I'm technically supposed to be dead in the ground, was never supposed to see the uh, any type of light but i'm here my it's dad an, calls me his miracle baby so it's an incredible story Najee, and it does explain a lot about who you are today you're you're in your mid-20s um you're taking the year off from football but i understand you're planning to go back while at the same time not taking anything for granted talk about where you are today uh what your plans are for football and for life well, my, my plans for football is to go back once um, they they call me to report back. I love the game. I technically never want to stop playing it, but I know I will have to one day. But um, I, I'm going back. I, I love the game. Um, as far as my life and what I'm trying to do, some of the things that I'm, I've gotten into is real estate. I love real estate. I love the, the idea of putting someone in a home that – it's their first home. It's just they 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 want to the intimacy of it of allowing them to create a family in this in, in a home that excites me. The building, the the placement of everything. Community wise, I love the community. When I was young, I came up with the idea. I was in the sixth grade, I think. I came up with the idea that I wanted to create a a home and do a a real true rehabilitation for ex cons and homeless people. You see so many homeless people, especially in Houston, we have so many homeless people and some people just need someone to take the time with them and teach them. A lot of times people in this world that I feel like don't really want to take the time to invest in people, not even financially, but spiritually and emotionally. So I feel like at a certain point we have to create something and have something that really truly helps people. So I want to create a program that takes people and show them the the small things that we take advantage of. We don't pay attention to the fact that we know proper hygiene and we know um, how to fill out an application. We have a resume. We have those type of things because it's always been afforded to us. But we don't always know people's circumstances and we should always sit back and take the time to figure out how to help those people. So as, as I have a platform, but I just haven't got to the point to where I feel I know truly and deeply and how to, what, what I want to do with it and where to go with it. But community is a big thing. Lucy, she's helped me tremendously with going read with kids and being involved with the community. She's connected me with, with, with multiple things. 
And I just, I'm, I'm grateful for Lucy. I'm grateful for this platform, this opportunity to, to talk to people. And that's my, my life is, will be, I feel like my, I, I'm here for a purpose and my purpose is to kind of give back and to bring that light to people. Well, I'll tell you what, Lucy, you've got a very special friend there. Uh, Najee, you, there's no question that you bring honor to the NFL. I, I can't believe that they won't be grabbing, whether it's the New England Patriots or anybody else, uh, grabbing you to get you back in for another year or two um, uh, of starring on the offensive line. Uh, Lucy, I'm jealous of your friendship. Uh, <laughs> this is a uh, this is a great guy. We're a brewing community, you, so you, you're part of the friendship too, Gary. Oh, yeah, we all family. Yep. Najee, I'm so grateful for you to making time, you know, to to be here and share your story. After Glory is all about giving elite athletes the opportunity to talk about life outside of sports and shine a light on areas, not just with you all as entertainers, but also as human beings. Thing that you talk about wanting to engage with your community, wanting to help bring people into their first homes. Those are things that a lot of athletes don't get reminded to think about while they're focused on being an elite athlete. So thank you for sharing that. At such a young age, you're probably inspiring lots more athletes further in their career to really start thinking about life after the glory. Thank you, Najee, very, very much. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you all with our next guest very soon. This is Gary Stern and Lucy Singh for After the Glory.